you are listening to Pole Dark Podcast, a podcast about the BBC adaptation of Pole Dark. Uh, today we will be discussing episode 2.06 uh, that just aired uh, Sunday on the BBC. So if you haven't seen this episode, uh, beware, there are going to be some spoilers. Also, if you've issues with salty language, gotta warn you, it's about to get as salty as the Dead Sea up in here. I am Michelle, and I am in the United States. I blog at Poldark Muses, so Poldark, M-M-M-U-S-E-S, and on Twitter, I am at Musings, M-M-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. Hello, my name is Delenda, I live in France, and I blog at Britishly So on Tumblr, and you can find me on Twitter at Delenda Dia, that's D-A-L-A-N-D-A-D-I-A. Hi, I'm Rita, I live in the UK, I blog at Princess of Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. So, let's dig into the episode summary. Okay, the episode started with Verity crying at the portrait of Francis, like, wow, have we not suffered enough here? Like, Francis died for nothing, and that was a real copy he found. And immediately, instead of despairing over the loss of his dear cousin, Russ decides to make it about Elizabeth, of course. Leaving his widow with nothing but his debts and shares and failing mind. Then we cut to Nampara, where Russ is telling Demelza he's going to see Elizabeth. Thank you, Stuart Girl. So, uh, you know, as Ross is galloping over to Trenwith, Elizabeth is standing in the window, pinching her cheeks in preparation of seeing Ross. Uh, this is basically the 18th century version of putting on your stripper heels uh, before the ex visits. Verity looks on fairly disapprovingly. And then we have Carrie and George giggle over a letter they've written calling in on all Ross's debt the day after Christmas. Uh, Ross is having a lovely family day out with... Elizabeth and Jeffrey Charles at the mine. Yes, not Demelza and Jeremy at the mine. He worries she is cold, and even though she says she, quote, must learn to grow a thicker skin, end quote, we all know she is depending on Ross for literally everything. Meanwhile at Nampara, Demelza is hoarding a secret stash of food for winter, like a beaver or something, <laughs> just in case Ross goes into prison, because, you know, she actually cares about making sure her son doesn't starve to death. And then we have Dwight, who finds a dead body. He chops off the leg, then cuts open the legs to study the ligaments. He works out that Rosina Hoblin's knee is just dislocated. He fixes it and is held as a miracle worker. Really? <laughs> Russ goes to visit Tolkien in prison. He is, by the way, a fellow investor of Carnmore Copper Company, who failed to pay his debts. Everybody forgot who he was, and when he showed up, we were like, what? Um, but he conveniently... <laughs> Really conveniently reminds Ross he has shares worth £600 just lying around that he forgot about. On the way home, he runs into Queen Caroline. Then George visits Elizabeth, and the scene's amazing. He's like, just like, I've got some sweets for Geoffrey Charles. Oh, by the way, your mother's my best friend now. Like, we're total BFFs. And she just happened to mention that you're concerned about paying back some debts. But don't be, Elizabeth, because I'm kind of trying to seduce you. Okay, so we have Veritin and Demelza who have an adorable heart-to-heart where she confesses that she's worried about how much time Ross spends with Elizabeth, but she doesn't think it is right to ask him about it. Elsewhere, Elizabeth is Disney villaining in a mirror, telling her child that she must smile less because she's trying to save her face. And we can't even begin to describe how messed up this is. 
Meanwhile, <laughs> Dwight and Caroline reunite. Yes! Between making <laughs> out, they discuss Russ's financial situation, which is weird, then marriage, which is less weird, and then the possibility of Dwight setting up a practice elsewhere. Um, Russ keeps asking people where Mike Daniel is in a last-ditch effort to find that copper that he mentioned season one. Let's be honest, nobody cares about that storyline. He makes a deal to store some um, smuggled goods in his house. Demelza points out that he's fucking stupid and incredibly dangerous lady. When Demelza flings the rake at Ross, after he asks her if it's okay for him to go ahead and, and do this thing, she just basically says, Seriously, Queen? Seriously, Queen? You are going to ask me if it's okay to do this when you know you're just going to go ahead and do it your own goddamn self. Fling! That was awesome. Uncle Ray tells Caroline he does not want her to keep riding out with Dwight. Because not only is it improper, but it might give Dwight, quote, ambitions beyond his sphere. Things become, like, super mad tense, and I started singing Papa Don't Preach. And so instead, he writes to Dwight, inviting him over. George and Harry fight about George needing to pick out a young bride, and George's continued presence around Elizabeth annoys him. Uh, George points out that he could alleviate Elizabeth's debt if he wanted, but prefers to keep it hanging over her. Demelza is out dragging firewood and getting bloodied hands while Elizabeth sits nice and cosy in her ivory tower, knowing nothing about how to start a fire. Russ is naturally at Trenwith with her, because he always is. <laughs> Elizabeth plays up the woe is me angle. My son, he has so little. I care not for myself. Aren't I so noble? And uh, Russ falls for it. He goes and asks him to sell his remaining shares in Wheel Ledger because Francis's widow and family are in dire need and Pasco responds with more so than yours and then Pasco gives him like a bitch what the face look yo Ross <laughs> you shouldn't do this Ross not seen that you value your cousin-in-law's comfort ahead of hers and Ross responds with the worst thing he has ever said literally the worst it might if I chose to tell her, which I do not. Uh, I rationalize it by saying Demelza is a minor's daughter and can handle it. And I'm so angry I can't keep talking about this. And then we have Dwight, who meets Rape and Venom. Ray is like, stay away from my niece, yo. Dwight is like, nope. And Ray is like, well, she won't inherit shit if she marries against my wishes. Hmm? And Dwight goes full on Elizabeth Bennett on his ass, telling him it's Caroline's choice. Adorable. Meanwhile, back at Nampara, uh, Ross and his smuggler buddies are digging a massive hole under the library while Demelza watches on disapprovingly. The next morning, Ross gallops over to Trenwith. Uh, get used to that sentence because it's going to be happening a hell of a lot. And Elizabeth tells him about this amazing offer that she has received for Jeffrey Charles Cher in the uh, Wheel Grace adventure uh, that came from an anonymous uh, person. Cough, cough. Well, mm -hmm. Ross uh, urges her to accept it. Uh, we're all rolling our eyes because we know that money really needed to be going into your own damn house, son. <sighs> As he prepares to leave, he steps very close to Elizabeth and kisses her hand. And I'm like, I think I'd like to set you on fire right now. So back at Kilwarren, we have Caroline telling her uncle that she misread Dwight's intention and she won't encourage him anymore. 
cut her out for a ride with Dwight. <laughs> There's a bunch of innuendo about riding that made this grown woman blush. So basically, they're going to get married. We are now at Christmas, and it's Christmas at Nampara. And Demelza is putting out a lovely spread of roast chicken and and other lovely things to I think eat. Bread. And Yay, bread. Yeah, and it looks like a really lovely spread. It, it little decorations with holly and everything. And Ross has got his goddamn face in the newspaper. He's being a complete and total shit until she finally basically puts the gravy down and says, Do you want some gravy? And it jogs, it jogs, oh, oh, okay, thank you. And so he puts the paper down and proceeds to carve the chicken and is not even looking at his son. Actually, we don't even see the boy on camera. Uh, That's how how (laughs) disassociated this poor child is from this family. Well done, Ross. You get father of the year. Psych! No, you don't. No, you don't. Oh. So we flash over to Christmas at Trenwith, where there are some presents involved. Um, Elizabeth is, you know, giving uh, some presents, saying, you know, she wishes it was more. Blah blah blah. Um, Elizabeth's mother is being really adorable and throwing massive amounts of shade at Elizabeth over the the gifts. Um, and not to mention, not to mention. Uh, poor on Agatha who gets rose water and is asking basically the what blues. do I smell <laughs> and, and, and uh, that, uh, for, uh, that Francis always knew what she wanted which was booze booze and more booze um, but uh, uh, anyhow um, while all of this is going on George arrives at the house and says that he would like to borrow Elizabeth's for a few hours, and Elizabeth initially, you know, refuses, you know, saying, I think that Francis would have wanted me to spend Christmas here at Trenwith. And uh, the, her mom basically says, uh, no, I'm going upstairs. We're going to find you a gown. We're going to put you in it, floof up your hair, you and you, you are going out. So uh, Elizabeth is getting ready to, to drop those widow weeds and uh, put on a gown and go out to party. Uh, George basically does the smartest thing he has ever done at a party, introduces Elizabeth to a group of old men, and then bounces. <laughs> he leaves her there. <laughs> he leaves her there to go and talk to some some very pretty debutantes who, as Carrie would say, are prime breeding stock. <laughs> the fucker! Um, <laughs> and um, Elizabeth is looking really been out of shape about this because it's kind of like oh, okay you're leaving me here with all these old men and you're going to talk to these young pretty things what about me what about this what about all this well yeah she the, the gears are starting to to turn in her head um meanwhile ross and demelza wind up going to pasco's because it is the day after christmas and they're going to have to Either come up with the money, which is not going to happen, or uh, basically have Pasco send uh, the Warleggins a note saying that the debt will not be paid, and hopefully uh, they won't wind up um, coming to pick him up that day. So they wind up going to the uh, Pasco's bank and are prepared for the worst. 
Um, although I have to say, Pasco looks a lot happier to see Demelza <laughs> um, <laughs> and <laughs> offers her a glass of port. And uh, then uh, he gets to say, by the way, you've just been saved by an anonymous person. Ooh, the tables are turned. So uh, we wind up having Caroline, Queen Caroline, coming to the rescue and basically purchasing the note, um, agreeing to some uh, much better Tom? interest. Yeah. yeah, so uh, so they, they're not going to wind up having to pay interest at 40%. And uh, you know, it, it, it's hilarious how they wound up filming that scene, kind of going back and forth between when Caroline was meeting with Pasco and talking about what she wanted to do, and then Ross and Demelza hearing the news and trying to guess who this anonymous person is. It, it was really, really cute, really well done. Um, so, um, hooray, they've been saved. So, Ross signs on the dotted line, uh, gets the cash, and they go to uh, the Warleggans' beautiful home to the lovely pink room of shame that George <laughs> has uh, at the, the house. And, you know, they, 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 they basically... <laughs> walk in there like oh this is gonna be horrible you know we're sorry you're gonna you're not gonna have the satisfaction and george is like oh that's unfortunate and then ross says oh visiting me in jail boom <laughs> drops, the, <laughs> drops the the bank draft on the table and the look on george's face was almost as priceless as the look on his face when the jury came back not guilty. I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. So you know, they they wound up uh, going. Uh, yeah. So we're we're out. Um, happy holidays and walk out the door. Um, so after the pole darks leave. Uh, Carrie basically almost has an aneurysm. Uh, <laughs> he basically almost has an aneurysm, and you know, says, "We are going to get him. We are going to do everything we possibly can to get him and the slut in the ditch." And blah blah blah. And George is like, "Dude, compose yourself." <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put a whole bunch of woe on Elizabeth instead. That will wind up pissing Ross off. All right? So just effing chill. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> um, but uh, anyhow, they they wind up coming home from uh, Truro. And Demelza goes upstairs to, to tend to Jeremy. And... Prudy... Well, Ross won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... Um, Prudy winds up uh, talking to Ross. I know, shock. Um, and he discovers the stash of food that Demelza has been um, putting away. And and uh, Demelza, yeah, I understand, dog. I'm pissed off at the boy too. Um, but uh, he has stroke but, Exactly. Uh, but uh, Prudy winds up uh, telling Ross, yeah, you need to remember that this woman is doing everything that she possibly can to take care of all of us here. 
um, while you're off prancing about at Trenwith. Um, and uh, he acknowledges that he's paying very little attention to his wife, and in some cases, even forgetting that she's there, which uh, may kind of, uh, I'm not going to go there because things will be bad. Um, we don't have that much time on our hands. Like. Exactly. So Ross winds up going upstairs and giving Demelza um, a present, uh, some stockings. And Demelza is like, oh, that's really nice. And I don't know where I'd wear them. Um, but do you do you love me? Just asking. Because I'm kind of wondering about that. Super cash, but and, do you love me? <laughs> and he responds to it by saying, you, you doubt that I love you? Okay, I'm about to jump your bones after putting on these stockings in the most sexy way I possibly can. The scene was smoking hot. It was probably one of the, the, the steamiest scenes since the blue dress scene. Um, but, you know, it's great that the two of them have this deep and abiding passion for one another, but he's not answered the question, does he love her? And so, I'm conflicted. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it for obvious reasons. <laughs> and um, because to me, it didn't feel right to enjoy it, given, of course, Ross the idiot's behavior. And, um, well, we were talking about how it was um, an egg. It was actually echoing the blue dress scene with the music. And um, yes, Snowy, I it reminded me of the blue dress scene um, because um, well, Demelza, the way she was panning and uh, the the growing tension, and um, it was like they were not connecting but reconnecting on the physical level. And um, like we said, Ross did not answer the question whether he still loves her or not, and because we all know that Ross is not the best communicator <laughs> in the world. So I think he, he thought it best to use his charms and maybe she would forget that she ever asked him, but uh, no, she won't. That ain't gonna work. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it really was uh, lovely to have them repeat the blue dress uh, mm -hmm. sequence uh, music that they used in the first series uh, because it, it, and there was a post on the Tumblr interwebs and this was uh, something that I had forwarded to me. So uh, Tabitha Bethia was posting about the, the, the interesting reuse of the blue dress music um, and some of the parallels that happened. Um, in episode 103, the music uh, begins with a soft uh, violin when she enters his room. This time, it starts when Ross offers to put the stockings on. And so it, it shows this parallel of, of offering uh, that both of them are making to one another. In episode one, it's Demelza offering herself to Ross. In, um, in season two, it's Ross offering himself to Demelza. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought that that was, that was really, really lovely. Um, but, but, damn it, answer the question. Although he did say, so you are not to be rid of me, my love. 
And so, you know, that kind of That's an answer. That's not a good answer. But it's I not. Know. It is not the straightforward answer that she needs to hear. Maybe, maybe it meant something like, that means you're going to have to put up with my shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. There's not like, yeah. a wagon big enough to put up with that amount of shit. No rush. <laughs> No, just no. Just sort of like too angry, <laughs> like really enjoy it. Like <laughs> other people did. I was just sitting there like, okay, I see you're trying, <laughs> but you need to try it consistently. Join the team. You just see enough. the trailer for next week, and you're pissed again. So how long does this last? Like you've literally been a shit. <laughs> Apparently, according to the season, like seven months of shittiness, and then like one night when you're not shit. Mm-hmm. Demelza, it's about the balance of things. He's gonna have. To- He's going to have to. He is He is really going to have to work at that, which, you know, we all, I think we all need that. We all need to see him work to regain Demelza's love and devotion. And we haven't even gotten to the incident yet. Yeah. I mean, God. God help us all. And I loved uh, the scenes uh, with Prudy. I thought she was, again, amazing. And, um, oh yeah! The way they uh, they portray the friendship with the Melza, it's um it's even more enjoyable than the books because in the books I don't think we um we talk about their connection that that much, and um, I actually see her as a motherly figure for both Ross and Demelza because yes. Ross well he no longer has his mother Grace and uh, Demelza I think I think she lived uh, well she's only been surrounded uh, by men. Her, her father and her brother, so mm-hmm. I like pretty. I love her. I mm-hmm. love Beatty as well, because every time... Well, I went to one of the Radio Times festival things last year. Everybody was going on about Aidan Turner for like, the whole panel, <laughs> then course. right at the end. Beatty was like, actually, you know what? I want to give a shout-out to Eleanor Tomlinson, who I think is doing amazing work on the show, and she's under a <laughs> Yes, Beatty. Yeah, and, and one of the one of the, the nice things is is that, that we do know that Aidan is a massive fan of Eleanor's work uh, on the show, um, and in general, and I know that he probably, probably wishes that yeah <laughs> i think he probably would uh hope that she gets more attention for the the extraordinary work that she's doing and i think that this season uh the way that this season is working out that 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 will happen uh there is always the question of of whether or not uh demelza is being too much of a nag and i think i remember oh. seeing some posts about that, um, you know, that, you know, she should just, you know, relax and, and just uh, oh, back yeah, up like, off of Ross and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, it's like, no, you, you, she has a child that she has to care for. She has limited resources and her husband is, has basically kind of detached himself from the running of their household um, and anything involved with his family, and he's running off to his cousin Francis's family. Um, and she has to uh, be thinking about what she needs to do in order to support her son and herself. And if it means that she's got to get up in Ross's face every now and then to make sure he understands the, the concern that she has... You know, since, oh, by the way, 
Yeah, the day after Christmas, he's got to go off to, to debtor's prison. And so, yeah, she's going to be pretty pissed off about what needs to happen in order to keep their family alive while he's gone. Well, so this would be like and, the third time he would be going, like, this is the third time he's faced jail. And he has yeah. not been active in trying to stop that at all. No. Each time he's just like really blasé. Oh, I'm yeah, he's just fine because I'm Ross Tolberg. And if I want yeah. something, it usually just happens. This is also kind of like why I got... I love Caroline for what she did. It was amazing. It's great. But also I'm like, Ross never faces the consequences of his actions. He thinks he can get away with literally almost anything. Mm-hmm. He can just yeah. charm his way out of all situations. Yeah. It's like, dude, stop being more cautious. You have a wife and child. Exactly. Speaking of Ross, yeah. Ross giving Elizabeth money. Well, um, I thought it was in character, but stupid at the same time. Yeah. Because... Um, we know that Ross, even though, you know, he can get on nerves sometimes, we know that he's, um, he's a selfless man. Now that Ross is the patriarch of the Pondark family, and um, maybe he feels that this is his duty now to look after his cousin's widow, but um, he, he doesn't give the example. That's, that's not heroic, that's stupid. And um, yeah, I think I the problem know. is that it's at the expense of his own family. It's if mm-hmm. he was doing this yeah. and it would have no effect on Demelza and Jeremy, I would be fine with it. But Yeah, if he wasn't married, no problem. <laughs> but you have a family to provide for, so... Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, he does this and actively says, if she'd be upset if I told her, but I'm not going to. That makes it to Pasco. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's reprehensible. It's reprehensible. Um, somebody asked me if he ever... If uh, Demelza ever finds out in the books that he did this, she will find out because mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm almost done with Roll again, and um, I actually uh, recently read um, the pages where uh, he tells her about it. Good Thank lord! You. But doesn't he in the books? Doesn't he wait until he gets the money from Caroline first? No, I I have been. Uh, I mean, I adore the the Poldark books and the Poldark series. Um, I love these characters with the exception of Elizabeth. Um, and, um, you know, but, you know, I, I've, you know, loved Ross and Demelza and, and um, I know that I have said that, you know, Ross is an idiot um, as I've read through the books and, and that kind of thing. This was the first time that I've ever that I've ever felt just enraged by his behavior. In the past, I was able to say, oh my God, what a stupid thing to do. But I think actually seeing it acted out on screen just made it more of a what the fuck moment than it was when I when I first read the books. Um, yeah, because something about watching Aiden Turner turn into a complete douchebag on screen is oh. just like, oh my god, I'm so disappointed in you. I turned into Tyra Banks yeah. during this episode. <laughs> 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 I've never been so angry in my life. Yeah, just just horrible. Speaking just horrible. of horrible, let's talk about Elizabeth. <laughs> Damn! There's a segue! 
there's a lot of people in the fandom that like to paint Elizabeth as a martyr. Like this poor little victim of the patriarchy and we're just all super mean because we don't understand her. But, you know, I I totally agree. And, you know, I I have seen uh, folks that are, you know, wanting us to be a little bit more sympathetic to Elizabeth's character because, you know, this was, you know, how she was raised and, you know, she's a victim of the patriarchy. Every single woman on this show is a victim of the patriarchy. So let's just consider that argument moot going forward yeah, because, uh, because they're subject to the same treatment they react in different ways like they have different ways of dealing with it exactly yeah. exactly and would she ever do any of these things no 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 not at all not at all um you know and, and the, the thing that that you know she finally decided to go ahead and and elope with andrew that was probably the first time she has ever done something for her own happiness mm-hmm. in her entire life after being treated like crap by her father and uh, basically having the the running of the estate um, or the household falling on her shoulders instead of the person that is married to the master of Trenwith, uh, you know, the mistress of Trenwith. What, what does she do? What do you do? Is all I mean, she she plays her harp and she does some needlepoint, uh, but she doesn't have anything to do with. She goes outside and does yeah. not smile at people. <laughs> but uh, you know, she said it herself that you know she had no idea how much Francis did uh, in the running of the estate until you know he's been gone. Well, you know, does she do anything? to kind of pick up that slack she has to either rise and do for herself other than manipulating people around her um or just deciding to i'm gonna fall back on my um i am a victim of the patriarchy and this is all i know how to do and uh i can't do anything else it no. doesn't even bother her. She doesn't even uh, say to herself, like, uh, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to learn uh, a few things. Uh, no, I'm just mm-hmm. going to call uh, the man I love who has a family, you know, to provide for. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah. Um, that scene where she's just sitting there shivering. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cold. What do I do? Trenwith is just <laughs> so oh cold. It's like, bitch, you're staying in yes. front of the fire. Just and, Ross, and Ross is asking, you know, is this is this uh, wood seasoned? And she's, I have no idea. Well then, figure it out! Like, for oh, God's someone. sake! I love this. Now, she, I know that there... She's also like, oh, we're so poverty-stricken as she sits in her palatial <sighs> mansion. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't know poverty! The thing that I keep coming back to uh, time and time again, when I think about Elizabeth and what she is doing, she had a choice and it's, you know, her main sailing is she is a woman that just can't make up her mind. And she made the conscious decision to basically reel Ross back on the hook by telling her, telling him that she had made a mistake in choosing Francis and that a piece of his heart would always belong to her and vice versa. She made a conscious decision to bring that up at that dinner. There was no reason to do it. 
absolutely no reason to do it. She chose to do that. And the fact that she chose to do that to the husband of the woman who lost her child, saving Elizabeth's life, her husband's life, and her child's life, basically, I, I'm done. I, I, there, there, are, there is nothing redeeming in her character if she has the capacity to do that to the woman who saved her child and, and wound up losing her own. And the only reason why she could do that was because she wanted Ross and she was going to get Ross. It just shows a complete lack of empathy for other people, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, is she thinking about Demelza at all? When um, Verity tries to warn her not to go to Nampara at Christmas, I was like, mm-hmm. Shade Verity yeah, threw at her. Like, how stupid <laughs> are you to think that you should go there? I am glad that she decided to to take Verity's advice um, because that God, it's just it's just the level of cluelessness. I, yeah. A good scene with Elizabeth. <laughs> I loved when George played her. I was like, finally, <laughs> like hello, here, you know these people. Bye. He's he literally just sent. Here's this super old dude. Here's this really gross fat old dude. Here's a bull dude. <laughs> She's just encircled by really old people. And then he's like, okay, bye. I've got to go talk to these hot chicks. Yes. <laughs> and, she, and, and she's just like, but, but, but wait. What about me? It's, <laughs> it's like, finally. So you... Get it, George. Sometimes I like you. <laughs> we haven't talked about Caroline. Oh, yes. Oh, Carolita. <laughs> I loved everything involving her this week. Like nobody really understands what a precarious position she's in. She doesn't have that much money. Her worth she's only worth six thousand pounds. So when she gave Ross that one thousand four hundred pounds, <laughs> it was like, Really? <laughs> you wanna give that guy yeah. money? You know you're not getting a bad girl. And I think her relationship with her uncle is probably one of my favorite things on the show. I mean, I, I have to say that, you know, the, the two of them are so, they're so enjoyable seeing them, you know, bickering as genteely possible uh, between the two of them. You know, anytime that there's uh, any kind of stress, it's, it's this very mannerly, genteel... <laughs> I don't think you should be doing this. Well, Uncle, I don't know if I should be doing this. It's 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 just a delight to see that. I, I love the scenes with Caroline. She is a breath of fresh air and uh, really is a, a saving grace for this very difficult season, I think. And I loved how even she was aware of Ross's BS. Right? Mm-hmm. She's been away for oh, yeah. seven months. She's like, so he's hitting on the cousin, right? Because I knew that would happen. <laughs> the pretty widow. <laughs> yes, the pretty widow. My favorite like, thing oh my. is like um, the scene where she comes back and she runs into Ross in her carriage. And Ross mm-hmm. is like smiling like, yeah. And then she mentions that Francis is dead. And Ross like sort of remembers and goes, oh, yeah, Francis Oh, is yeah. Dead. Oh, I've kind of forgotten because I've been too busy hitting on his wife. Oh, snap! 
It's like, I don't think that Ross even gives a crap about Francis being there, to be honest. Oh, man. Oh, I think he does. I think he does. He's not Um, acting like it. uh, Yeah, he's he's just... he's he's gone. Oh, Francis is dead. Now I get to be the most important person in Elizabeth's life. Like, he went from, like, (sighs) 1 to 10 really quickly. Maybe yeah. there was an in-between where he grieved Francis, but because of the time jump, we just skipped to ten, and I'm like, dude, this is a lot very quickly. Like, Yeah. I And, you know, I think that, that there is, you know, and we we talked about this a little while ago, you know, that, the, that there's a sense that, you know, at least with Elizabeth, Ross can feel like he is doing something. Uh, to to try and uh, rescue or care for uh, Elizabeth, whereas with Demelza, uh, there are so many things that he is not capable of doing to help their situation. It's almost easier for him to do what he can for Elizabeth because there's so much... There's so much tension right now between he and Demelza. Can we talk about when he, when he said uh, about Demelza? Demelza having more resources to survive because Who was I, kidding? Was, I was so angry. Like, I don't know if you guys remember in um, after they got married in uh, 104 and uh, mm-hmm. Demelza, she, um, I think she was insecure and she didn't really know how to behave in society and uh, he was like okay it's okay just uh, you know just be uh, as you are which is a lady and mm-hmm. uh, now you say that she's a minor's daughter like do it make up your mind seriously <laughs> it's just convenient for him isn't it she's just yes it is sometimes she's a minor's daughter sometimes she's a lady whatever he needs yeah. her to be she just has to be like this perfect human being if he hadn't mentioned elizabeth that could have been clearing if you think about it because he actually talks about uh, his wife in his Ross way. He um, talks about her as this strong uh, woman and uh, she doesn't sit still and she doesn't wait uh, things to happen. Like, she does stuff. She's no Elizabeth Poldark. Um, also, I want to talk about how much of a deadbeat dad Ross is. Poor little Jeremy. Like, he should be I doing know. everything he can to try and make sure that his son isn't going to like starve to death do you think that he's doing that because you know as he's mentioned um he doesn't want to risk his heart and so he is just die now (laughs) if if he avoids if he avoids the connection with uh the with jeremy and doesn't allow himself to become as attached that you know, if something should happen, I mean that would be fine. Uh, it won't hurt. It won't hurt as bad. Jeffrey Charles. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah, two standards for Jeremy and Jeffrey Charles. Poor little, poor little Jeremy. You deserve better than this. Yeah, he really does. He really does. And you know, the, but uh, you know, the the interaction or lack thereof between the two characters really does set up their relationship for the the rest of the series um going all the way through the books which is really sad 
Which is really sad. But then you also get more Demelza and Jeremy. The scene where Demelza was singing him. Oh. Like, I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. His little wiggling feet in bed. Like, oh, yes. Oh, that was so sweet. I know she says that she gets really nervous and doesn't like the singing scenes, but she has such a lovely voice. Um, yeah. I would I would love to hear more of it. Um, let's see. I know that we had a question about if George really loves Elizabeth or does he see her as a way to advance himself in society? That came from Clara, mm. a.k.a. Uh, at Aiden's hair. Um, you know, and after his comments in episode six, does he want her because Ross used to love her? Que- used to, question mark, love her. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little bit of both. Um, I think that, you know, George is desperate to be seen as um, a wealthy gentleman um, um, amidst the local aristocracy um, and families with old ancient names uh, he would desperately love to be not seen as uh, nouveau riche and uh, so by pursuing someone like Elizabeth uh, that would give him a certain level of of status within the community uh, whether Francis's uh, gambling losses have diminished the position that she would have uh, as his widow, um, I'm not sure. I would imagine that there there might be some 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 loss of the the sheen on the on on Elizabeth's um, uh, persona as part of you know Francis's uh, destitution. But I think that there is there are some uh, valid points in that direction. Uh, there, and there's also the possibility that you know because Elizabeth likes to be admired, because George likes to have his possessions, you know he could see Elizabeth as as a possession that he must acquire. But so you know, I this society to view them like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of both. I don't know if he loves her, you know, like Ross loves Demelza, or at least he did at the end of season one. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't think that George has the, the same deep, passionate feelings about Elizabeth as uh, Ross and Demelza have. Got another one from Helvetica saying, George's face when he knew Ross would... Rep- Repay his debt was the most priceless thing I've ever seen on the show, and I was crying with laughter. Yes, that was so priceless. Oh my god, that was awesome! That was awesome. Anonymous, no insight, but I basically watched the entire episode with a middle finger at the screen, screaming "Fuck you, Ross!" Thank God for Dwight and Caroline. (laughs) You are not alone. You are not alone, Anon. B Pack sixty seven said. Are we being too harsh on Ross? I do not think we're being too harsh on Ross. I think he deserves it. No. He needs to get his <laughs> shit together. I mean, dude. We're not going to sit idly by while he hurts the mouth. Right. I, and I think I will, I, I will be the sole person among, amongst my, my uh, two compatriots here to kind of go... <laughs> You might have a point about 
some of the things and the motivations that are happening and uh, that are impacting the way that he is behaving. Um, but you know, those motivations, the things that are happening, I'm, I don't find them to be mitigating factors enough to uh, cut him any slack on the way that he is treating um, and discounting Demelza and his own son. I mean, I understand he's got a lot of shit on his mind right now, but what he's doing and how he is expending his emotional energy over at Trenwith is really problematic when he has a family of his own. To quote Brooklyn Nine-Nine, cool motive, bro, still murder. Okay? It's <laughs> like his reasoning is like, okay, I can sympathize with that. But his actions hurt people and there are consequences. Yes. I- I'll forgive him when he apologizes and starts behaving himself. But until then, when- he's, he is in my bad book. And that apology needs to be like of biblical proportions. Better than some stockings. Like, come on. Beetling. Hi, girls. Do you think Jeremy's cot is no longer in the master bedroom and he's got his own room now? Doesn't look like the room when Demelza was singing to him and in the next scene. Well, I'd hope he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be a little awkward. Like, Jerry, aver- did Jeremy avert your eyes? I'm about to get it on with your mama. Oh, let's see. Elizabeth from I'm sorry, I don't like Elizabeth. I can't help myself. I don't want to be rude or intolerant, but it really starts to bother me how everyone starts to portray Elizabeth like a misunderstood, lonely, lovely person and how she has no desire for Ross's attention, which he, gla- which he is gladly giving to her. This all gave me the feeling like it's very popular to love Elizabeth in this fandom, and that's the main reason of it. What gets on my nerves is that if you don't like Elizabeth, you're immediately judged. We won't well, get you. We yeah, I, I think that... <laughs> we don't like yeah, 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 I think that you're in, in safe company here, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Anon. Uh, but, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, that there are... There seems to be this uh, need within fandoms to kind of pick sides. And, you know, Team Elizabeth, Team Demelza, you know, that kind of thing. I, I, I think wrong. it's... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think it, it, that is an incredibly dangerous thing to do within the context of of the Poldark fandom because you know as as we have acknowledged uh, there are no you know good guys and bad guys everybody is flawed and has layers of gray within their personality I think that there the characters uh, may shift in that tone of gray, depending on what's happening uh, in their lives. So, you know, at this point in time, um, I think Ross's gray is probably getting really close to to, to the black end of the spectrum. Um, Exactly. Um, And that may shift again, you know, as we get further into the story. Um, I think that that the same is true for all of the characters. Uh, that we will see their the 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 ebbing and flow of flowing of their uh, grayness, for lack of a better term, um, changing as we move through the stories. 
you know, that's and I, I have absolutely no sympathies for Elizabeth. Um, and I know that there are are some that will say, you know, I'm trying to ascribe 21st century um, uh, life as a woman um, onto someone who was oppressed by the patriarchy back in the 18th century. It doesn't have anything to do with with that. I find, yeah, and I find that to be you know, like really uh, problematic uh, for me. The thing that that is a problem is Elizabeth not taking the initiative to try and figure out what she needs to do. Instead, she is sitting around waiting for somebody else to do that for her. Um, you can like a character, but also know that they have problems. If you mm-hmm. like George Willugan and you're sitting there defending all of his actions and thinking that he's in the right all the time, you're doing the character a disservice, I think, because there's a complexity. Yeah. There. Like, sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. But the fact that people turn Elizabeth into a victim is just really kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. There's much yeah. more to her character than that. And it's kind of demeaning, really. Yep. That she's just turned into this helpless little victim child who needs... And she's, like, completely at the mercy of Ross's evil intentions. Like, it's not entirely mm-hmm. Ross's fault. It's not entirely Elizabeth's fault. It takes two to tango, as yeah. the cliche yeah. goes. Yeah, and even though yes. we love Demelza, we love Dwight, we love Caroline, nobody's perfect, but everybody's mm-hmm. human. Caroline yeah. is perfect. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And I, I think we may start to see some of that that gray I was talking about <laughs> shifting uh, on Caroline's spectrum a little bit um, when we have That's next week. Go down next week's next episode. Week. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They all, everybody makes mistakes in this in this um, story. But mostly Ross yeah. does. Mostly Ross. Yeah. <laughs> but see that that's the way that's the wonderful thing about the way these stories are written is that people's decision making winds up having um, winds up having um, uh, repercussions on everybody. Like twenty years within later, the story. Still paying yeah, you know exactly. We have two about Caroline and Dwight. Everything okay. you were too afraid to ask. Am I the only one who giggles when Dwight and Caroline banter? Seriously, it makes me laugh when they say not subtle things back and forth. Also, just <laughs> they were eye sexing so badly that even though they were fully dressed, I was feeling my face flush pink. Sheesh, I'm definitely looking forward to that scene rehashed by Muses. Muses is Muses is good enough. Uh, yeah, um, I I um, love the banter between Dwight and Caroline. I think that it's it is one of those things that that is saving my heart in this series um, from from being completely thrashed by the the end of the show. Um, and I'm I'm grateful for for that. And I think that they're absolutely adorable together. They really are. You know, when when she said the thing about the miracle worker Aww. with his darling with his darling and Rosita and he was like, Oh shucks it was so cute. It's like, oh my god, I can't deal with you guys. You were just way too cute. And uh, the stocking scene, yeah, um I remember 
remember when stills of that uh, scene first hit the internet uh, a few months back, and you know we all basically lost our minds because we knew that that's what this, that we knew that that was going to be the scene um, that they were going to wind up doing the 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 stockings, the garter scene, and. Uh, it did not disappoint. Um, they did an incredible job with that, and you know it was it was absolutely lovely. Um, like I said, I think there are uh, so many undercurrents going on um, around that scene in particular that writing something is going to be uh, less straightforward than a uh, plot what plot kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. That made me cry. And then a final <laughs> message is from Anonymous. The Carol-like cuteness helped make the episode bearable because watching Ross asshole Poldark <laughs> make stupid decisions after stupid decision and breaking Demelza's heart was too painful. I mean, everyone except Ross and Elizabeth noticed that they were spending too much time together. Question mark. Even Caroline, <laughs> who's been away for seven months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're being so totally obvious it's pathetic. It's like you ain't even really fooling yourselves at this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much not. Pretty much not. And we have more of that to look forward to in next week's episode. Yeah. Do we even have a uh, like a brief synopsis for next week? Or do we just want to avoid the, the pain of having to relive that? Episode 7, Ross goes with Trencom to meet Mark Daniel. Dwight prepares to elope with Caroline, but before he can leave, he finds he is needed to treat Rosina's injured leg once more. Further developments keep him from joining Caroline. That's an interesting way to phrase it. As he and Demelza mm. unmask the informant, only to discover that Ross is walking into a trap. George hires some men. Trap! <laughs> George hires some men to harass Elizabeth, knowing that she will turn to him for protection. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's just not going to be pretty. Oh, I'm a bit of a masochist. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. I want to get to episode pretty nine. Much. I think as soon as I get to episode nine, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is what I came for. I came for the pain. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we came for the pain. Yeah, thank you for all the asks. Please keep sending questions because we love talking trash about Ross and... um. And Elizabeth, and that that was, I think, it for this episode. And um, so I guess we will catch you guys next week for another podcast and for more, more pain and yeah. more Poldark and more Ross the Idiot. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for Thanks, listening. everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you being a dickhead for? Stop being a dickhead. Why you being a dickhead for? You're just fucking up situations. Why you being a dickhead for? Stop being a dickhead. Why you being a dickhead for? You're just fucking up situations. Shining floor slippery feet. Lights are dim, my eyes can't meet. The reflection that turns my images upside down so I can't see Think you know everything 
Why you been a 